I'm Mark Olson, and this is The Real, a podcast where culture meets entertainment. I write about movies here at The Times, and like most anyone these days, I also find myself watching more than a little television. Between movies and TV, a frequent topic of conversation among my colleagues here on the entertainment staff at the paper is how tough it is for any of us to just keep up. So this show is about the stuff that we're watching and how we watch it. The television show The Americans, about international espionage and the everyday deceptions of marriage, recently received four Emmy nominations for its sixth and final season, including Best Drama Series, Best Actress for Carrie Russell, and Best Actor for Matthew Rees. Times film reporter Yvonne Villarreal recently got on the phone for separate interviews with Rees and Russell, giving her encounters a bit of verite espionage realness. The pair spoke about the challenges and fulfillment of closing out the series and about how what was once a 1980s set story about Russian interference in American democracy took an unexpected turn from period piece to contemporary flashpoint. Let's listen in. Hi, everyone. My name is Yvonne Vieira with the Los Angeles Times. And today we're talking to Matthew Reese, who starred as Philip Jennings, the KGB spy we couldn't help but root for in the FX drama, The Americans. Um, he's up for an Emmy for his final round. Thanks so much for taking the time, Matthew. Not at all. Thank you for talking to me. I mean, how does it feel? You guys are going out with a bang. I mean, this is a show that has been largely ignored by the TV Academy through most of its run. But this year, it boasts four nominations in major categories. Um, how does that feel to be going out so strong? The recognition, I think nine-tenths of this profession, or I don't know, maybe a large part is just to be recognized. Um, and I mean that sincerely, not in some kind of faux, humble way of saying, oh, it's just nice to be recognized. You know, it feels, it feels good. You, we've worked hard for six years, more, more, more so than anything. I'm incredibly happy that Joe Iceberg and um, Joel Fields are getting the recognition mm -hmm. for what they did because it was truly, you know, their their journey uh, and their words that got us to this place because if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be nominated, obviously. Well, I'm, I'm going to take a moment to pretend that it's just you and I and no one will ever hear this conversation. Um, <laughs> the full, like, week and a half after the finale... The only song I would listen to is With or Without You. Like, I think my iTunes says, like, I've listened to it, like, 300 times or something. And I would just replay yeah. that moment on the train in my head over and over. Like, that scene just haunted me. Talk to me about how it's been for you. Like, have you heard the song since? And what did, I mean, how did it change how you hear that song now? We were incredibly fortunate. Um, you two played at Madison Square Garden couple of weeks after we finished shooting and Adam Clayton, um, the bassist who's a very big fan of the Americans, very kindly invited us to the, con to the concert. <laughs> um, and we discussed with him just before, uh, the concert, the, the song and, and how, you know, how obviously they have to sign off on it and, and how he liked it and how, how fitting it was mm -hmm. really in kind of, in every sense. Um, and the lyrics themselves, you know, I, I think for six years you've kind of followed these two anti-heroes. Mm -hmm. So you, there's, I, I think there's been this very, there's this real dance between the audience of rooting for the two of them, but ultimately wanting or wishing some kind of retribution because they've done some very bad things. And the, the greatest price, so, you know, for their freedom, for the opportunity for them to return home, they paid the ultimate price 
which was their children. You know, mm-hmm. they, got, they got to go home to the motherland that they no longer recognized. But they had to do so at the great betrayal of their son uh, and without their daughter. Uh, so the lyrics to With or Without You, I thought, were that much more resonant. You know, I was reading coverage of the show before it made its bow six years ago, and it's hard not to laugh because some wondered, like, if the fears of that time and the subject matter would be too far removed from today's concerns, like Russia was, you know, far from everyone's minds then. Did you grow worried as it did become something to worry about, whether that would change the audience experience? In the beginning, you know, we did receive some criticism in the press, you know, in season one, asking whether kind of Russian interest in the United States was still relevant and whether the show was still relevant. So the irony of that turn of events and, and the U-turn in, in that kind of statement was so enormous, you know, it's almost comical. Well, and the stakes of the show have never been about whether America will survive the Cold War. I mean, we know the answer to that. It came to be about whether this couple, this family would survive it. Talk about, you know, where things ultimately ended up, how you viewed what ultimately happened to them. Yeah, you know, it was it, it was always a show to me about a relationship. I think that was clear from from the pilot. That was the great draw. And it kind of set up its shop, its stall in the pilot where you had these two people who kind of said, They'd been mandated to be together. They were now at very two polar opposites where, you know, he wanted to defect and she was the most ardent agent you could come across. But they were in love. So what you had in the very first episode was this big question of how would these two people resolve, you know, their polar differences, but ultimately their love for each other. So I think that's why it could sustain for, for six years because there was such a, an enormous journey for them to go on. And there's that scene in the finale where Philip's at the McDonald's and he sees the family eating dinner at a table nearby. And just like the emotional gut punch you sort of packed into your expression in seeing that, like, what did you think about in that moment? Um, It's very easy for me to kind of do the as if for Philip, Mm -hmm. because for all intents and purposes, I am an immigrant living in the United States. So I kind of thought like, what if I never saw my home country of Wales ever again? Or what, you know, it, the as ifs are very easy for me to replace. So that's all I was thinking was that, you know, if I were never, t- if I knew that I would never see Wales again, how would that make me feel? Well, on a very basic level, I mean, as an actor, you could perhaps identify with the chameleon sort of element of being a spy. But how do you think you'd fare leading that kind of sort of life of lies, like lying to your kids? I mean, the personal cost of espionage. I know for a fact I'd be a terrible (laughs) spy because I don't do well in that kind of pressure. You know, the kind of beauty of acting is the lie is between action and cut Mm -hmm. or, you know, the beginning and the end of the day. The buttons and the boundaries are very defined, whereas, um, you know, the pretense, the intense lying that they had to do to their own children over their entire lives, I can't even fathom. And then to kind of the small relief might have come in the fact that the lie was finally over. You know, there's one there's that one small element that might be of some relief is when they go, do you know what they know and we know and it's all it's all over. But. There's no way on God's green earth I could have done that and lied to my kids to that level Mm -hmm. on that daily basis. You know, 
as the finale got closer, a lot of people were wondering, like, is Phil going to have to choose between Stan and Elizabeth in some way? Because as funny as that may seem, I mean, they became very important to each other over the years, the Stan and Philip relationship. Talk about that development of that dynamic. Yeah, you know, that's just another version of the lie to his kids in that the irony was because of the geography of who his neighbor was, great irony was, you know, this was a guy in counterintelligence, but had he not, regardless of the fact he was in counterintelligence or not, he would have been lying to whoever he lived next door. The irony was in Stan, he really found a true friend. And I think, I think at every level, one of the things that Philip really struggled with was the betrayal, the betrayal of his kids, the betrayal of Martha, the betrayal of Stan. It was the abuse of innocence that I think weighed very heavily on him. So in that moment in the garage, there's a great relief where he kind of finally gets to say, you know what, we were just doing a job. That's all it was. And I think he loved Stan and would have loved to have had that because he was, in a way, the only friend he had, but that this entire friendship was based on a lie. So once again, he had this huge burden at every moment with him that he was, he was lying to him. You know, that's what made this series so incredible was the density and the level of layering that every situation had the kind of everything else that was going on was so gargantuan and that you know with each year it kind of got worse for philip and stan whereby the weight of what he was doing and the lies he was telling were just kind of weighing on him heavier well and i think you know we hear from a lot of people in tv say the gift of doing tv is to be able to end a series like have that closure know when it's coming So what was it like to go into this knowing ahead of time this is going to come to a close, we're going to have the ability to say goodbye to this, and what was it like reading that final script? Reading the final script was kind of, you know, incredibly sad. It had been this immense journey, you know, both professionally and personally, and and it was now coming to an end. And and the the real luxury of doing six, uh, of in the fourth year kind of knowing Mm-hmm. that there would be six, I, I would imagine, for the writers was going, okay, we can write to this ending now exactly mm-hmm. the way we want it. And it was a luxury as an actor knowing that, you know, you had two more years and that would be it. That would be, there'd be no sudden abrupt ending. It would be two years. So they could write to that discipline knowing, you know, they would have two seasons to round it out, which was a, a real luxury that you kind of had this enormous timeline and arc in order to do it properly. And you didn't read it with Carrie, right? You read it on your own. So what do you remember telling each other once you were both connected? There was no real reason as to why I was reading it wrong. Ironically, I was heading to a a premiere in Washington, Mm D.C. So the script came in. Carrie, I know, was shooting. She had a break. She went to a restaurant to read it. I was on a train. So, you know, there was no choice as to why we were going to read alone. It was just logistics. And then I was on a train trying not to cry in front of the people around me. It must have made the train scene all the more poignant. Yeah, it did. It did in in that moment, certainly. Well, and you had been sitting on this for a while, right? Like, it's like you guys acted and then it's just like waiting for people to see it so you can finally see how people react to it. How was it in that uh, screening of the finale where people were finally getting to see what was happening? Were you looking at people to see how they would react at certain moments? I wasn't, you know, it was a shock to hear how audible people were. The kind of noise, literally noises they made at certain <laughs> moments were intriguing and satisfying and terrifying and confusing and 
at times frustrating. The kind of run the gamut, which is why I never like to not only just watch my own work, and I certainly don't like to watch it with other people. It's kind of very nail biting to watch it with an audience, but ultimately it was satisfying. How do you think you'll look back at this project, this moment in your career? I don't know at this time. It still feels very present. I, I, mm-hmm. I think it'll, it, you know, it'll be a defining moment in my life and the seminal one. And, you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever play a part as complex or as challenging as that again. But I, I just know it was an enormous chapter in my life. Well, Matthew, thanks so much for taking the time. It was a pleasure talking to you. Not at all. Thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Yvonne Vieira with the Los Angeles Times, and we're talking to Carrie Russell, who starred, past tense, as Elizabeth Jennings in the FX drama The Americans. She's up for an Emmy this year. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Starred. Has it hit you yet that it's past tense? <laughs> um, I think it'll hit me in the fall. I think mm-hmm. we're so used to having a summer break. And then we go back in the fall. So I think in the fall when, you know, we've all taken jobs in other parts of the country or in other countries. Mm-hmm. And I'll realize, oh, no, I'm not going back to that world, that crazy lady. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember about, you know, going into audition for this? I know John Landgraf was an advocate of seeing you in this role. I don't know if you could see yourself in it. Maybe you could or not. But what do you remember about going in for that? Yeah, John reached out to me for this. And um, honestly, I have no idea what he was thinking. Um, Thank God for his creativity and courage in, you know, giving me a shot uh, because it paid off so much for me in so many ways. You know, this was a real life changer, this whole job. Well, endings have been among the most contentious aspects of this sort of era of the golden age of TV, I guess. They can be like open-ended or people just find some disappointing or some don't get endings at all. And they get endless examination, like And even amazing writers can get it wrong. Were you nervous about what that final one would be like and how people would receive it? Or were you just so, like, trusting that Joe and Joel would land it? Personally, I was nervous because I had no idea how they were going to do it. But I've always trusted them before and they've come through. And the truth is they've always surprised me. Every year, I'd never guess where we're going. In a great way. So I was completely surprised by the end where that was all going. And I loved it. I thought it was so devastating in all of the right ways. And um, ultimately, they took this show that, you know, definitely had some shocking violence or something that has, you know. And they actually built in this completely human emotional way. And that was the devastation. And I thought, that was so good. I mean, I, I really enjoyed that. And yes, I was nervous about how it would be received. I We never had the biggest ratings, but I feel like those who watched the show stuck with it and were ardent, and I wanted them to like it. And so far, the people I've talked to on the street or whatever seem to have liked, so <laughs> that makes me happy. 
Sometimes there are these expectations, particularly with a show like this that has this sort of premise that, you know, you have to go out big and have massive explosions or someone has to die. But Joe and Joel didn't really go there. They show that there can be something more tragic than that. Um, did was Were you happy that they went that route? I was so happy they went that route. Yeah, I think there's an obvious pull to satisfy people in a big way with big shocking moments. But what's so great about what they did was they made the shock so personal and so painful. And in a way, it was just, they made them pay in the worst possible way by losing their children. And like you couldn't get more personal and more intimate than that. And I, I, I was so satisfied with it. I thought it was great. Do you think it's something that will haunt Elizabeth for a while? Or will she build those walls up quickly and get back to the task at oh, hand? I think you're changed forever. I mean, I think we sort of, in the end, her putting on the brave face, the soldier face, like they're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I think any parent, I just think it's life altering. Mm-hmm. I think you can't go back from that. And the only hope we have is with history, right? Knowing that the Cold War does end and, you know, the Berlin Wall comes down and all of these things. And right. you hope in a few years, they will go back and try to find them and make amends and try to sort through it. Um, But yes, I think you have to be fractured after that. How did shooting the final season compare to shooting the first? And I would imagine there are times where it can't help but get to you. Like, I'm sure, or maybe I shouldn't be sure, but I assume there were times you saw your own kids in scenes that you had with Holly or Henry. Well, not Holly Page or Henry. I well, I think the kids scenes were so fun to play as Elizabeth for so many reasons. I loved how at times she could be such an unemotional mother, mm-hmm. like so much more of a kind of Russian mom. And I loved those cold moments with with the kids where she was so not cozy and American Mm -hmm. at the same time the kids were her undoing and her unraveling like by the way every freaking kid is their parents (laughs) Um, but you know I love so much that whole storyline with Paige when she was a teenager about her wanting to become Christian and what that must have felt like (laughs) to Mm -hmm. this woman like Elizabeth, who had given up whole life and fought so much and who just doesn't believe anything about religion and just saw such a stupid thing, mm-hmm. a stupid hoax, and that her teenager, her one daughter, is growing up wanting to be basically this Christian girl going to church and wearing a cross around her neck, which is just the end of her. <laughs> like, it's not drugs or sleeping around. It's like her wanting to go to Bible study class. I love that storyline. Um, so, and I also like what Joe and Joel did so well. I feel like they showed, they played the strangeness of relationships really well. I love, there was some weird scene. I can't remember if it was the last episode with Henry and Elizabeth smoking outside. Henry's like, yeah, can I bum one? And Elizabeth's like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, and he's like, whoa, whoa, mom, geez, (laughs) want to give me cancer? (laughs) I think she's like, 
you know, I don't know, you, you can make your own choices. You know, he's so American and she's so kind of lost in her own way. But I, I like those weird qualities. When people see you on the street who are fans of the Americans, what do they say to you? They're so nice. <laughs> they're like unbelievably nice. They're also, I'm not joking, they're almost always smart and cool. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of times I'll be riding my bike around Brooklyn and my favorite ones was um, I was at a stoplight when it was like really early in the morning. I was waiting for the light to turn green. And just as it turned green, this biker came up next to me and you had to do that to Paige. You had to like ruin her life too. This poor kid. And he just like stopped. He was laughing as he did it. But it just made me laugh so hard. Actually, someone this morning, again, Matthew and I were on our bikes with Sam and our two-year-old and mm-hmm. we were turning a corner and someone just yelled, Sean should have turned you in. He should have turned you in. <laughs> People are always really cool. They kind of say something and they just walk away. <laughs> Which is the best. The best. is the yeah. ideal situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, ideal. How about the getting the final scripts? Was it something that you put off reading because it, it would make it too real? Or did you just like devour it as soon as you got it? I think I wanted to devour it. I mean... Maybe I was a little behind because I was shooting so much. I actually sat with 8, 9, and 10, and I sat at this restaurant because I had this weird four-hour break during my day while they were shooting someone else, and I ordered a giant, like, super expensive glass of red wine at a <laughs> fancy restaurant, and I just read them all in succession. Wow. And I cried at the restaurant, but, like, kind of in that thing where you put your hand kind of over your eyes to pretend you're not. <laughs> <laughs> the classic move. Well, we wish you all the luck on the big night. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. 